This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's community access station Plains FM. Rachel Hazelden, and today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories program, I'm speaking to Hilary Jean Tapper. My mother saw an article in the paper about Hilary and said, you should interview this woman. Hilary is an illustrator, filmmaker and doll maker. And I went to meet Hilary and felt like I'd met a kindred spirit who I could speak to for hours. I wanted to talk to Hilary more about her creative process and art therapy. So kia ora and welcome, Hilary. Kia ora, Rachel. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you are talented in multiple ways and, and you've explored multiple things. What started you along the creative process? Was it something early or later? Oh. or? Wow. Um, yeah, I, thinking about my life, creativity has been an essential part of it. Um, like from the beginning, my parents were very supportive of creativity in our household. Mm. And my mother always encouraged that I make whatever I wanted. And, um And my father's father, my grandfather, Garth Tapper, was a, a prolific New Zealand painter. And so as a child, I remember really idolizing him and thinking, I want to be an artist like my grandfather. Mm. But in all, it was it's just been like an insatiable hunger I, I just I, I have to make things all the time and um, and I think that's why it's led to like so many different areas that I love doing and expressing myself in mm. because um, sounds like I, it was freedom to do that so, and encouragement and... yes so so much encouragement um, so much freedom which was such a blessing and um, and just so I just have so many still today it's just so many ideas interests stories things I just want to explore with the different arts and then express it and share that with others and be impacted by them and it's just like a it's like an ongoing energy mm. yeah beautiful I'm thinking about some of the short films that I watched of yours online and there's obviously a, a commitment to sustainability in the environment as well mm is when I saw the films. Mm. Yeah, tell me a bit about that. Okay, um, yeah, I I think it was quite early on. Um, it was a particular moment when I was 15 and I realised that ultimately I was going to die. Yes. <laughs> and it was like an existential breakdown. Yes. And, and it sort of it begun a very, um, a, a very deep spiritual yearning in mm. my life and um, I with that came also just a realizing how uh, temporary things are in our world and in this constant state of movement and um, and so I think that really started me out in intentionally seeking ways of being and living that were harmonious with the earth mm. and then on top of that I just generally find that nature is the most beautiful thing and 
the experience of living closer in connection with nature and uh, with natural things and um, is just so much more nourishing and it, it makes me feel good. So mm. I, 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 do, I think it's like a, it's a natural connection. It's not so much of like a... a um, and though there's a lot more things I can probably do much more intentionally in my life um, to be more sustainable... I just generally feel like that sustainability, it sort of starts with a place within because like ultimately that disconnection from nature, it seems to come from uh, when we're seeking outside of ourselves. Mm. And if we have a very rich inner life mm. and there's a lot of, there's a lot going on within ourselves, we don't need so much outside of us. Mm, mm. If, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, when I was reading up about some of the things you've been involved in, uh, I read about the rekindle, which I hadn't known a lot about. <laughs> and there was something in um, I made note of about being resourceful leads us to a new relationship with the earth and talking about resources around us and within us. And that's what I hear you talking about is it's an Eternal thing, mm. whereas often when I hear people talk about the environment, it's about it's something external to us. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's so beautiful what Rekindle is doing, and I've been really really impressed by their work and their um, their mood and mission with Rekindle. Um, yeah, and and I feel like there's there's the need for both aspects, and and I'm where I'm at right now in life. I'm just particularly drawn to this. Um, really knowing my inner world and being at peace and being able to to be with myself. And I just see how, what different effect that has on how I live, how I interact with others, my lifestyle choices. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Perfect. Now, I always get to this point and I think there's so many directions we could go. <laughs> um, so we'll just go back to Rekindle. What what do you think you gain most about being involved with that project in Christchurch? Well, um, just yeah, Rekindle's been like a new um, a new connection and relationship um, that my husband and I have been um, like getting to know Juliet more from Rekindle, and so last year we had the great honour of being part of her Necessary Traditions Festival, which was the first. Um, of its kind here, and um, it was just the most wonderful experience because we all a group of different artists and um, and um, artisans, craft makers who utilize traditional and resourceful craft making, all came together at the art center in Christchurch, and uh, people walked through and interacted with us as we were doing our craft. Mm. And so it was over two days, and I just had the most one person after another the most beautiful conversations, and I just realised how special it is to talk about art making, craft, whatever it is. There's like a sparkle in everyone's eye, you know. It's just mm. it, it's like it's like the thing that gives you so much joy to do with your hands, you know, mm. with the elements, mm. and. Um, and I find that in itself, that relationship between us and our hands and making things, it's a really, uh, it's a core aspect of being human and something that we've lost in our modern world. Mm. And um, and then another part of it just had me think of how important it is to actually pull that 
out as a community and look at it and and just like intentionally consciously celebrate the handmade handcrafted life uh, uh. because otherwise you don't really think too much about it and i think it that has it's been overlooked and it's been lost a little bit as as how important this is for our well-being uh. and i'm sitting here grinning <laughs> because three years ago when I moved back to Christchurch, I started doing sewing classes because I never learned as a child. And I, there's that thrilling feeling of making something on my own. That there's, there's a machine and there's a bit of fabric and then there's a seam and then there's a seam and then a seam. And then it's like, it's nearly a garment. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's the most amazing feeling. Yes, yeah. And I got really moved when I saw your beautiful dolls that you create. <laughs> And that you've, it came out of your time when you were living in India. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, the um, my journey with dolls. I never like planned, thought I would be a, a doll maker, and even that sort of sounds like a funny thing for me to say. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I, well, my husband and I were living in India, and um, doing various projects, and I was experiencing quite a lot of anxiety and um, and depression also. My health was just deteriorating for various reasons. And um, and I'd kind of reached a point, I really remember a particular morning that it just I just felt like I I can't I can't keep going. And it was a, it was a very like desperate state that invoked quite an intense sense of prayer. And and I just felt this really random inspiration to to create a doll mm. and and so I did that and um, just kind of followed I just had little things in the house you know I had little sewing supplies and and all that and I made this little doll and from that point onwards I've just they've just become such an important part of my life and turned into a um, a small hobby business and um, I still haven't gotten tired of making dolls and now working into teaching classes and workshops and doll making. Mm, mm. Yeah. And it seems in everything you're talking about, there's this theme running through of aliveness, mm. like creating. And when I started to read up about history, I mean, there's such an ancient symbol mm. of a representation of a human. Mm. Um, and that... I realised when I first thought about dolls, I thought of, you know, the stereotypical kind of gendered, feminine mm. kind of girls playing with dolls and the whole world of Barbie and things like this, but not the whole ancient history of it. Yeah. Yeah. And your dolls, they're made out of fabric and they have that ancient feel to them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was really important for me to create them with the most natural materials as possible because I always didn't like the idea of a person's like favourite little being being made from plastic. Mm. It just didn't really make sense. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, they the the world of dolls is is like opened you know it started out as just an inspiration and then coming to learn so much more about it and particularly from a arts therapy perspective as well i've just also just really been realizing how like how much power is contained in the things that we're drawn towards like there's always there's always a reason for it and um yeah dolls traditionally i think it came from this they they're sort of it's like an intermediary object um, they're often used to represent 
the gods. And, um, and then it was also a natural uh, thing which has come through various different cultures in, in, part, in the past mm. where um, they would function as these transitional objects where children would learn how to healthily detach from their mothers and into their own autonomous sense of self, having this object, whether it was a blankie or, or um, whatever it was, that they just kind of created this indescribable, deep, loving attachment to. And that object, they, that's, that's the magic of it, is the voice you see when you look at adult is your own voice. You're, it's, it's like it embodies what's within you. And most often we attribute a very comforting, self-soothing voice. And so I find that relationship very powerful mm. and very interesting. And, mm. and then now in our modern time, and particularly being someone who is quite sensitive and have um, known anxiety, and, um, and to have that, those things around me which just reaffirm a, a positive message instead of that continuous inner self-critic, um, and so that was sort of the inspiration to create dolls. That, my dolls have gone to lots of people of all different ages, but my main intention really is for adults. Um, and because kids can, will develop attachment to anything, you know, like mm. you see some of the teddies they'll bring around, they'll be mm. the most like wild looking things. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But for us, maybe we're older, we're a little bit more like aesthetically needy. Yeah. And so I just really try to create um, the most beautiful, natural little being that um, will just sit there at, at the desk or on the bookshelf or it'd be someone just to, to hold and and remind us that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as you talked about that, I'm reminded of my nephews um, who are now six and three, and both of them have long-term had um, those early years a blankie, but it had a bunny head. You know, so it was both a blanket and a bunny rabbit. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't just do, well, do you call the ones that are animals dolls as well? Or how um, do you describe the difference between Yeah, I've the just been ones? calling them dolls as right. well. Yeah. 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 I've noticed that some people are particularly drawn to animals mm. and some particularly drawn to people. And so I, you know, try to have both those. What are some of the animals that you've created? Um, well, uh, most that I do now are bunnies and mice, but I have done foxes, monkeys, frogs, yeah. turtles, <laughs> <laughs> bears, of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and sloths are very fashionable. The they are. They? They, I'll let other people do the sloths. <laughs> <laughs> Not going down there. People have done such a good job with the sloths. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I hear what you've you've moved into coming back into New Zealand mm. is studying art therapy. Mm. Uh, it sounds like that's become quite a natural progression of um, your healing around your own self, mm. uh, healing your mental health mm. and, and your creative process. There's a good, there's a, a clear link between the two. They're, they're a good match for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know arts therapy existed. And it started when I read The Artist's Way. Mm. And that was also at that time, towards the end of my time in India. And, um, and I was experiencing all sorts of things going on um, inside me. And that book was what put, 
it's an amazing book, and I recommend it to almost everyone mm. that I meet. Mm. And yes, it really... I worked for it in my 20s. Did you? Yes. Yeah, awesome. Writing. It was it did a lot of writing. Yes, mm. yes. Writing's a really big part of yeah. it. It was like I had so much in my head, and I just had to get it out. Mm. And I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, it, it did that for me. And I thought, well, f- firstly, I was left with, because I, I felt profoundly different after doing reading through the book which is, functions like a 12-week course almost. And I thought art, I just, art heals. And, and I just thought, why and how does this work? And then I thought, whatever this is, I really want to understand it and be able to provide that opportunity maybe for someone else who might be in a similar state or, or worse or whatever than, than what I was feeling at that time. And um, so I started looking up online <laughs> with our slow Indian internet, um, you know, healing, art, course, something. And then I came across arts therapy. And going into it, I thought, oh, is this going to be a little bit, um, you know, uh, like lacking substance? Like I didn't, I didn't know much about it. And since coming into it, it it's the most profound knowledge base I've really come across in my life. My my undergrad is in Hindu theology and religious studies. Mm-hmm. And I took to that because I was just seeking so much answers for how and why life is the way that it is. Yes. And it was amazing study. And, and my arts therapy studies have just now taken that into a whole nother level and a very embodied level of bringing that into the physical act of making and I'm I'm very um, very interested in how aesthetics work on the like deeper human level. So I'm particularly interested in the realm of um, how the human spirit relates to image and the ability how it speaks an image. You know, our subconscious speaks to us through our dreams. Um, how in the process of art making, deeper parts of ourselves can come out unexpectedly or can be expressing things that we didn't even realise. And it's like we're accessing a, a deeper part of ourself. Um, a sentence that I really, I really like is that our, the, the uh, soul is image-based. And so... Um, That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 a whole world. I'm you know I'm just beginning to enter into, but I really, I really hope to work in in research, um, in this way because I feel like this is something that we have so much to learn from. I have so much to learn from, and so much that I'm experiencing that I almost can't um, can't even like verbally capture. And then that's that's again my relationship to my creativity of. The amount of times I've come to do some kind, you know, whether it's a dance piece or a theatre piece or a film or an illustration or a doll, it's because there's something going on inside of me that I can't seem to articulate. Mm. But when I just do the dance or Mm. whatever it is, people just seem to get it and I didn't have to say anything. Mm. You know, we can communicate in deeper ways. Mm. And the word that comes to mind is magic. And I mm. saw that on your website, like I, that word pops out. Oh, I love that. And it is <laughs> and it is that that we've got, as humans, we've got other ways to communicate. Mm. Yeah. 
that magic has been like such a favorite word of my life. It was such a it was my word as a child, you know. And I, I've often felt too that the natural world and the way sunlight and starlight and flowers, it, what when you spend time alone in nature, it's almost as if there is a loving being behind it all, communicating to us through image. Like there's a greater sense of of connection, this very poetic, aesthetic experience of life. Mm. Um, Yes, and I I really, I think of that as magic. Mm. Mm. Beautifully put. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I'm going to finish up with a song that you chose, Mm. uh, Thousand Miles. And actually when I listened to the video... It was magical images. It was dappled light. Somebody had put the song mm. to images of nature and moonlight and sunlight and trees and <laughs> by Mary Shaplin Carpenter. What mm. was what particularly do you like about this song? Um, I picked this song. It, it's something that's on repeat a little at this time in my creative studio, and um, the song is a 18th century love ballad. And something which is like a a deeper theme in my work right now is looking at how we are, our lives are so much about our relationships with others and those loving, deep relationships and how we're inspired by others and how we inspire others. Um, And so I feel like this, this song for me, when I hear it, it sounds like someone who is because to love is to be so vulnerable and to risk so much and to know that this also, this someday might change. It's a very vulnerable, mysterious place to be in. And when I hear the song, I just feel a sense of a, a courageous woman who just is stepping into the deep end of life and swimming towards the unknown. Mm. And I'm just exploring that space a little bit right now. So... <laughs> gorgeous yeah thank you so much for your time Hilary thank you so much it was fun <laughs> fare thee well my own true love I'm going And the 
And stay a while with me If I had a friend On this earth You've been a friend to me 